0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the
1: association.
0: Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only 59 bucks. Calls Lee's Heating and Air today. 801-747-LEES or online at leesheatac.com. Out to the sprint special guest line we go. Joining us now, of course, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, our good friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, lots to get to with you this week, of course, but uh, Gordon and I were just uh, chatting about uh, the All-Star Reserves going to be announced today. We're going to be talking about a couple of jazz players on there, or what do you think? So, I, I uh,
2: in a vacuum, I think they are both deserving. I'm a little guilty uh, of not having done the math, studied the numbers, and picked my own reserves, Obviously, been a pretty unique week, but you know, so in that vein, I'll throw it back to you guys. I mean, you know, certainly, uh, you know, I think Donovan and Rudy should be, but what, you know, how does it look from your perspective when it comes to the uh, the musical chairs game element?
0: The way I see it and Gordon, I don't know if you're you're different, but I think Donovan gets in because the Jazz are better than the the team wise is better than some of his competition, like like Devin sure. Booker and Brandon Ingram. And then Rudy, I think it comes down once again to he and Carl Anthony Towns. And I think not only is Rudy's team better, but he's also played more games. Carl Anthony Towns has been hurt a lot. So that's I don't know, Gordon, You do you differ? That's kind no, of the way I, I see it coming out. I down, agree,
1: right? uh, Sam. I've, I've looked at this, and I think both these guys should be in, and that's got nothing to do with the fact that we do radio in Salt Lake City. That's just uh, by looking at the situation, looking at the way the players, how they've performed, how the teams have performed, it just makes sense to me. I, that's the way I look at it.
2: No, I mean, it makes sense to me, too. I mean, listen, Carl, especially early on, was you know, just absolutely on fire. Um, and he didn't keep it up. Uh, like you said, he had some health stuff for quite some time. Uh, and, and the optics in terms of, you know, that unofficial correlation between team success and all-star births, the optics are terrible for the T-Wolves, right? Like they just, it's funny just last night uh, in uh, Sacramento, I happened to sit at a, a table with a bunch of scouts and it was like, boy, oh boy, like Minnesota came up and and the commentary was not kind. And so I think, you know, if if I'm a coach and I'm trying to reward, you know, success and and different guys part in it, uh, I'd certainly be looking at the Jazz.
0: All right, Sam, you uh, you certainly alluded to it. It's been a tough week in a lot of ways in the NBA community, and I want to kind of give you a, a, a wide berth to kind of take the, the conversation in whichever direction you you want to. But Kobe Bryant, of course, passes away at 41, and we're now a few days removed. And how are you uh, – have your thoughts changed at all? What was your initial reaction?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously extremely uh, challenging and and tough, you know, it's been a long week. Uh, I just I keep going back to the fact that I, I can't certainly imagine what the families are going through. Of uh, you know, all told, you're talking five families. You know, three uh, extremely young people with long lives ahead of them, and and the lives lost there are. I think we can all kind of universally agree that that's the most tragic part. Certainly, Kobe, and you know his story and his life and his path are going to be talked about and and focused on more because of his fame and that's you know that's only natural but this was just a a, a tragedy you know that i think the other thing is it was very relatable and it sounds funny to say that when a bunch of people are hopping on a helicopter to commute somewhere which is not something that any of us can really relate to but you know if you take that element away i keep saying it this way that it's just it's heartbreaking to think that in essence like okay fine they you know Kobe has a ton of money we get it in essence this was just no different than anybody listening who you know has piled the family members into the minivan to go to some sporting event you know that's what they were doing and it ended in tragic fashion and so tough week i mean on sunday i was home and i mean everybody's got their it's their moment when they found out it's one of those accidents that you're never going to forget where you were and so you know i saw a uh, an internal notification from our company where people had shared the TMZ tweet you know it's the first place i saw it and the one memory i have that it is you know tough to process like telling my wife about it but i the emotion that hit me was heavy enough that i found myself saying well i need to spit it out quickly because i think the look on my face is gonna make her think that somebody in our family passed away um you know and, and trying to like draw that distinction mentally and emotionally in the moment was was you know kind of interesting but just a tough week I'm in LA right now and and I'll certainly be at that game tomorrow
1: yeah you talk about a surreal thing I was in Hawaii and uh, was sitting on a beach and I tell you Sam it's just I don't know there's just no <laughs> There's no easy way to process that. And all the all the things that we've seen that have come out, things that Kobe was doing, ways he was encouraging other kids, he was uh, doing all these things that we a lot of us didn't really know about. Uh, But we're finding out about it now. It makes it that much more difficult. And he seems like the kind of guy you always wonder about players, and some of them absolutely great players, how they're going to follow up their uh, initial stardom with uh, more life to live. And Kobe seemed like he was on the fast track to get – Uh, get all kinds of things done in this world. So it just makes it, aside from the personal stuff and and his daughter and the other families, it it just hits with that much more force.
2: It does. And I mean, you know, something that, that I tried to write today is I used an old interview that, I had used parts of this interview before, but I never published it in full. And it was him talking about, the behind the scenes role that he played with the Lakers leading up to when they got LeBron James and, you know, basketball wise, I was trying to make the point that I still think people are sleeping on how much he had to do with the current construction of the Lakers, you know, the influence he has on Jeannie bus, the influence he, you know, and see, even that, I mean, it just slipped up. I mean, it's now, it's past tense, the influence he had, uh, which is surreal. Um, And also Rob Palenka, his, longtime agent who now is the GM. And um, so basketball-wise, you had that, but he had so many things going on, obviously, off the court. You know, his Mamba Sports Academy where there's so much focus on youth sports and empowerment of boys and girls, certainly. Um, and then, he, you know, the Granity Studios had his own studio and the entertainment stuff, had a series of children's books that had come out. Um, he was creative. He was obviously a hard worker and, and liked getting into this new space funny one of our last interviews uh I was pushing them on this Lakers front and basically saying like man people just don't seem to get how you don't really need a title to be calling some of these shots behind the scenes like your voice still carries a ton of weight with the Lakers and I asked him you know so that being said you know would you consider at any point taking a title and doing something formally with the Lakers And he kind of laughed, and he was like, "He's like, you, you know, I, like, I I run a studio, right? Like, and he was just (laughs) being, you know, a smart like for, like, basically, like, do you you see how busy I am? Do you see how many things I have my fingers into? And, you know, he was trying to do that, but also, to the family stuff is the toughest part for me because, here's the thing: when people pass, we human nature is that we eulogize, uh, and then we gloss over some of the tough stuff, right? Now, Kobe had some extremely tough stuff, and. The day he died, certainly, you know, in my column, you've got to talk about 2003 and what happened in Colorado. That's part of it. But then even on a much less serious note, like, I feel like over time, it's okay for us to admit, like, oh, yeah, remember when he was a player? Like, oh, there was a bunch of people who just hated him. (laughs) You know, just hated him because he was so competitive and so edgy. And, you know, and people were constantly trying to figure him out as a person. Uh, But on the back end, I think he was starting to get it. And he was really starting to get it. And that's the part that kills you because, you know, I, I was excited to see his next 30, 40, 50 years.
0: Yeah, and it it does feel a little bit unfinished, Sam. And from a uh, kind of a career arc standpoint, I talked about it this uh, a lot this week. But you know, he started off his career as a as a kind of wonder kind, and he won a lot next to Shaq, and then he went through his villain years and and kind of a transformation, and that you know the the Black Mamba kind of uh, uh, persona was born, and then you know he turned into one of the elder statesmen whose hard work represented you know how you could become great, and all these next. Generation players are looking up to him. It feels like he had yet another gear, and maybe that's part of uh, of why we're kind of disappointed, along with our sadness. I guess. Yeah, I I mean I couldn't agree more. It's
2: weird because I covered him as a player in some capacity for, I guess, eleven years. Um, Five of those years, it was minimal interaction because I covered just the Sacramento Kings. But I did a lot with him in those seven seasons. Thereafter, covering the league nationally, but I would also say that in the three years or three and a half years since he retired, I had more meaningful interviews and conversations with him than the entire time with him playing. Um, he was more relatable. He was. I, it was weird for me because honestly, he's about he was about six months younger than me, and it was it was a, it was a very strange evolution of our dynamic because you know when I first started covering him, it's like all right, well I'm twenty seven and. You're 26, but okay, age doesn't matter because you are an absolute rock star and I'm a rookie trying to figure out media, right? Then by the time he retires and, and you know, and after his retirement, then it was like, huh, this is interesting because now you're kind of just more of a normal guy who's the same age as me and we can talk about kids and we can talk about whatever. Um, I mean, on a positive note, guys, you know, certainly uh, a memory that that all kind of hold dear is uh, he called me one time when we were going to do an interview, I believe this one was about his ESPN show, Detail, uh, just to talk about why he did it and and whatnot, get into it. And I had kind of pushed myself on this day to try a new challenge, which was to teach a college course, something I'd never done before uh, at my alma mater at Sacramento State. And essentially just wanted to try that, but then the Kobe interview was going to conflict with the timing of that class, long story short, the, the guy whose class I had taken over for a day is a friend of mine. And I told him I'm going to have to step out for a few minutes when this phone call comes in. Uh, So I did had a little fun telling the students who was calling and of course kind of, you know, just having fun with that. But then before we did the interview, I kind of went out of my way to tell him because he was reinventing himself. I, we kind of connected on that level where I was like, Hey, you know, you probably appreciate this. I'm out here trying to teach a college course, and the truth is I, I, I don't love public speaking, and I kind of was fighting through that to try to enjoy it. Um, and just the, the theme there was evolution and, and the stuff that brought people, you know brings people together. And he was digging it. He's like, man, that's really cool. He thought it was neat that, that you know, I was trying to, to uh, kind of help the younger media folks out there figure out how this business works, and that's the space he was in. He was very curious, very creative. And, and kind of starting all over on a bunch of different fronts.
1: So then the question becomes, Sam, how, what is the most appropriate way to honor Kobe Bryant? I, I saw a tweet earlier from Tom Tolbert who said the NBA should stop with the stupid – this is a quote from him on his uh, tweet. NBA should stop with the stupid all-star game gimmicks. You want to honor Kobe? Play hard for 48 minutes. That would sure. honor Kobe. Uh, I don't know all what's been talked about as far as these different things to do, but what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love Tommy. He's great. Um, You know, I'm with him on that. You know, it's fine. The thing today that came out, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be negative on it. It didn't, you know, it doesn't do much for me. I also got kind of reminded why I became a writer in the first place because my math skills are, are sorely lacking because I sat there reading the press release going, wait, what happens? Like you add the score (laughs) after three quarters and then you add the 24. But wait, I was just very confused. It's not a good sign for my – there's a reason that I struggled in math. But like, you know, yeah, play hard. Um, I think, listen, what they did on Sunday, I don't know to what degree it was deliberate, but not canceling games. Um, You know, Now they did postpone, obviously, the Lakers-Clippers game. A couple nights later but the sunday choice i was fine with that um and then it also it kind of created a bunch of memorable organic moments when you know teams are taking 24 second shot clock violations and, and half court violations with you know the eight and the 24 so that type of stuff is neat it just off you know authenticity is probably the the most important thing and that's where the all-star stuff does run the risk of being a little bit gimmicky. Um, I, I, what does – I think what's infor- or unfortunate is that I, I just – it's going to reach a point where I think we are going it, to – It's uh, some of the stuff is going to feel forced. Some of the stuff is going to feel like it's too much. And, and I think emotionally that's a tough line to walk for the league because, you know, you can't please everybody. And, I mean, but even covering it, you know – we're already struggling in the media to just think about, like, you know, how do you, the tone of coverage, like even the people who cover the Lakers on a daily basis, like how long do you have to wait before you're comfortable writing a story that has any element of positivity to it and that has nothing to do with Kobe, you know, and it's just a normal story. They feel, people feel strange doing that right now. So, um, and it really we've dealt with loss before you know for since the beginning of time with pro sports. this one is to me it's different it's you know the closest that I can think of, and I certainly wasn't alive for this, but you know Roberto Clemente going down in the plane at 38 years old. Um, it's the dramatic nature of the way that he died, and then certainly just you've got to make sure you continue mentioning you know that in addition to his daughter, the other seven folks who, who lost their lives, too. It's just the scale of it is just really brutal.
0: Well, Sam, thank you, as always, for your thoughts. Thanks for your perspective. We really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll be talking a, a little bit more hoop next week.
2: You got it, guys. Appreciate you.
0: Have a good weekend. Thanks, Sam. You too. You too. Uh, the great Sam Amick from the Athletic uh, joining us, and I, I'm glad we kind of talked a little All Star and and Rudy and Donovan with with Sam at the beginning, just to get his thoughts, and then of course, you know, wanted to get his perspective on. Well, you know, um, it's I, been a tough week. Yeah,
1: you know how I feel about Sam. I just think he is uh, one of the best, and uh, a guy who really has things in in order in perspective. So uh, we really enjoy talking with him about any topic really how cool would that be if if you're a guest lecturer at a at a college at your (laughs) at your alma mater
0: (laughs) and you got a chance to say excuse me students excuse me i've i got a phone call to take i've got kobe bryant on (laughs) on line one so uh pardon me i'm gonna just step into the hall for a moment there entertain
1: yourselves i'm gonna be you know, talking to Kobe. Well, I can't one up that story, but I have had times when I've been in the but middle you're of But going stuff, to. And I've had an important phone call come in like but that. Just
0: then, Casey Kasem called me and said, Gordon, <laughs> Casey, I'm a Casey. big fan.
1: <laughs> uh, it happened to me the very first interview I ever did. The phone rang. I John was talking Wooden to. Was just to upset. John Wooden. Yeah. Yep. Was it really? Yeah, I was I just swear guessing you. that you'd boast about you. No, it was John Wooden. <laughs> Did, what'd you do? I said, I was I was in... Wait, a, how'd you get a phone call? It, this was pre-cell phone. No, I was in a room. Uh, it was uh, at a journalism... And they uh, said,
0: excuse uh, me, Mr. Monson, John Wooden's
1: on the phone yes, for you? Yes, that's exactly that, what happened. No. That is precisely what happened. I swear.
0: Monson, Gordon Monson... <laughs> John Woodens online too. John Woodens online too. Oh, it's two. John.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll hold it. I'll be right there. Tell John I'll call him back. So I, I talked. I, I talked to John and I got off the phone. First of all, John was, you know, extremely gracious. More straight ahead. 97.5
0: and twelve eighty of the zone.